Welcome to the Slay and Thrive podcast, where we make crushing your goals feel like self-care. This is the show that helps high-energy women trapped in self-destructive patterns cultivate an unapologetic, loving body transformation through spiritual and personal development. On this podcast, you'll learn about dynamic eating psychology principles, mindset, shadow integration, and manifestation. I'm your host, Kayla Van Egdom, a health and energy guide, unicorn lover, and Amazon best-selling author. I am so delighted to be on this journey with you. Let's get started. Welcome back, Slay and Thriver. Happy to have you here for another episode that I can't believe hasn't been recorded yet. I think this is episode 110, and we're finally talking about this. Today, we are going to talk about the tendency to people please in your health and fitness journey and what to do about it. This came up in a coaching session I recently had with a client who is absolutely incredible, has a huge heart. And what she was finding was she had such a huge heart that she was people-pleasing a lot in social situations. She would make choices that she would not have otherwise made because she didn't want other people to feel uncomfortable by her declining the treats. She was worried about judgment, all these different things. And I thought about how often I've seen this with other clients I've worked with and how often I've also experienced this on my own health and fitness journey. The intention for this episode is for you to find ways to heal the tendency to people please so that you're able to advocate for yourself and your own needs. You're going to feel comfortable taking time for yourself. And then you're also going to feel like you're making sustainable progress towards your health and fitness goals at a rate that feels desirable to you. You can have all of this and more when you let go of toxic people-pleasing. This episode is for you if you skip workouts or self-care time because you're too busy helping everyone else in your life. This episode is for you if you find yourself eating food at social functions. You might not even really want to eat because you don't want to hurt someone else's feelings. This episode is also for you if at those social functions you find yourself drinking alcohol because you want to fit in and belong. It's also for you if you worry about what people will think of you. If you order the salad at the restaurant instead of the burgers and fries like everyone else. It's also for you if you are always putting yourself on the back burner because everyone else's needs come first. What's going to happen here is it's going to lead to feelings of resentment, irritability, fatigue, and burnout. You're also probably not making progress at the rate you desire. In today's episode, all about people-pleasing, you're going to learn how to tell whether or not people-pleasing is derailing your best intentions, 
You're going to learn four strategies for conquering the tendency to people please in a harmful, misaligned way. And then finally, you're going to move, learn how to move from people pleasing to honoring your own needs and intentions while also improving the quality of your personal relationships. You get to have both. It's not people please and have good relationships or don't people please and have crummy relationships. You get to have both, I promise. I want to start off by talking a bit about hurts psychology. This is something that I learned in my inner coach certification. All of us are going to have our main personality. This is our most conscious self that we identify with. And we all have these other parts that can sometimes get triggered into existence by certain situations. An example of this is many of us have a protector part that's trying to keep us safe at all costs. And a lot of the work I've had to do in my own life is I had this protector part come into being that as a child made this decision that in order to be safe, I had to eat a lot of food so I didn't need to feel my emotions. So that's an example of one part. Another part is the people pleaser part. And I would say 99% of us have a people pleaser part, especially women. And this one comes from the drive to belong and from the drive to feel safe. Because as we evolved, when we didn't belong and we were excommunicated from the tribe, we'd get eaten by wild animals or starved to death. So we have this biological drive to belong with others because it feels like survival and safety. Now, any of these parts can be unintegrated versus integrated. So an integrated part, protector part, is one that keeps us safe. So it knows we're not going to drive without seatbelts. It knows if there's like a creepy man walking down an alley, we're probably not going to go down that alley. It's keeping us safe in an integrated way versus unintegrated where that part falsely believes you need to eat food in excess to numb your emotions. That's unintegrated because it's harming you. Now let's talk about an integrated people pleaser part. Because this part is not bad. No parts are bad. They actually all want what's best for us. They sometimes just have these wounds or these distortions and these misaligned ways of going about taking care of us. An integrated people pleaser is where you have a genuine loving desire to care for those around you. You consider how others will be impacted when making decisions. You have a desire to help and assist others because you care for them and because it feels intrinsically good for you to help others. You're also, at the same time, able to advocate for yourself and your needs. It's a both situation. Your needs matter and the needs of others matter. So now, the unintegrated people pleaser is different. And this often looks like overly strong people pleasing tendencies. This means your needs get sidelined. You put everyone else first. You're probably also doing it from a place of fear and obligation. So what will they think if I don't put them first? Will I still belong? Will they judge me? There's going to be feelings of anxiety and pressure. 
And the result of all this is those feelings of resentment and irritability, which, of course, you have to hide because you don't want to displease others. So you end up internally seething. And ultimately, you're going to get burnout and a disconnection from yourself and your own personal needs. What we're doing here is not destroying your people-pleaser part. It's a good part to have. What we want to do here is heal and integrate it so that it works with your main personality more harmoniously. Now, we're going to talk about how to move from toxic people-pleasing or unintegrated people-pleasing to honoring your own needs and attentions while also improving the quality of your personal relationships. We have four strategies slash practices to share with you that have helped me integrate my own unintegrated people-pleaser part and how I did it in a way that actually facilitated personal growth and improved my relationships at the same time. The first practice I want to talk about is eliminating psychic thinking. Oftentimes, we say yes to the dessert or the deep fried whatever at a social function because we think people will assume we're a stuck-up jerk for not eating the thing. Or we assume our spouse will be angry if we take time for ourselves to go work out for an hour. The reality is we have no idea what another person is thinking about our choices. And they probably aren't thinking about it as much as we think they are. Because people are generally focused on themselves. This is so important because I found that if I'm doing the psychic thinking thing and imagining what people are thinking of me, if I don't eat the cupcakes in the break room or don't have the dessert at the restaurant, I'm thinking they think I'm stuck up or full of myself. I imagine they're thinking, what's wrong with her? Can't she just live a little? I never imagine they're thinking, wow, she has a lot of discipline, or she's really dedicated to eating for health and energy. I never think those things. Most of the time, we're not thinking the positive things. We're imagining the negatives. The more we can release assumptions about what other people think, about the ways we advocate for ourselves, the more we can release the pressure to always be people-pleasing. Because we're not imagining that our choices are leading to a lack of belonging and thus a lack of safety. The second practice is to do shadow integration around your own assumptions and your own beliefs about people who advocate for themselves, for those people who prioritize their health, regardless of what social function they're at or how busy their lives are. This one is massive. Start to notice your thoughts when you see someone that's sticking to the veggies and protein at the buffet table. Start to notice your thoughts when you listen to your one friend talking about how she never misses her yoga class. Is it possible you have some judgments about that person? Is there a part of you that sees that, those behaviors, as selfish or indulgent or vain? Almost always, 
we're judging in others what we've rejected in ourselves. If we haven't reached the point where we allow the selfishness of consistent self-care into our lives, we'll judge others for it. And if we judge others for it, we're going to expect others to judge us for also advocating for our own needs and eating and living our lives in a way that supports our health goals. So do that shadow integration, see what comes up. Once it's conscious, you can start to work through it and see if you want to keep those judgments and those distorted thoughts. Most times we don't. The third practice, when you're choosing to skip the indulgences or choosing to make time for yourself, a great practice here is to give non-weight and non-body-sized related reasons for making these choices. This isn't fully necessary because honestly, you don't owe anyone any explanations for how you're choosing to eat or live your life. And also, I believe people can know this and still struggle in these social situations where their eating and movement strategies are kind of put under the microscope. So this strategy is a great one for those times where you feel compelled to explain yourself. Or maybe people are asking you why you're not having the dessert or why you're skipping the alcohol. You can let your friends know that you're skipping the alcohol because you always feel dull and unfocused after drinking. And you have these big work projects coming up that you want to be sharp and focused for. You can share that you feel super anxious and moody without your morning workout when you're telling your family about your needs. You can also tell your friends that when you eat a lot of sugar, it has a drastic impact on your mental health. And that's why you're skipping the birthday cake today. This goes back to the episode I did last week on the reasons to upgrade your nutrition and workout habits have nothing to do with weight or body size. It eliminates body size and weight from the conversation entirely. I think this is very important because we still live in a society where fat phobia exists and where there's fat shaming and people are already probably carrying their own stuff about maybe their choices or how they look. So when we can take that out of the equation and talk about the mental, emotional, and spiritual reasons why we're choosing to eat in a certain way or work out in a certain way, it frees up so much of the conversation and takes away a lot of the yucky implications versus if you just said, yeah, I'm trying to lose this last 10 pounds or something like that. Finally, the last practice is communication. So at those social functions, what if you were to share your fears about judgment? What if you tell people, I really want to eat in a way that makes me feel healthy and energized. And I'm also worried that maybe people will judge me if I don't have the birthday cake. And also, I really don't want to have the birthday cake today because I know I'll feel moody and low energy a few hours later. The thing is, if you have these fears and you have this tendency to people please in social functions, your friends probably do it too. For all you know, all five, six, seven of you at that party are eating the birthday cake when you have health goals and you don't really want to eat the cake. You're all trying to people please each other. Can you imagine if that was the case? So by actually communicating and sharing your fears, 
you're addressing a possible elephant in the room. You also want to share your worries and fears with those closest to you because it allows for more intimacy and more support inside your most important relationships. Think about it. When you choose people-pleasing out of fear, guilt, and obligation, you often end up presenting the other person at least a little bit. This creates an invisible strain on that very important relationship. Also, when we are burned out, lacking self-care, and irritable, it's impossible to be our best selves in relationships. I want to share this quote from Carla McLaren's book, The Language of Emotions. She has this chapter about anger and conflict, and she writes, When people are allowed to offend you without consequence, they will be just as damaged by the exchange as you are. Certainly, your own boundary and dignity will be injured in the attack. But if you do nothing, if you say nothing, you'll also ensure your attacker's descent into abusiveness and isolation by refusing to honor the conflict that has presented itself for healing. If you refuse to engage with the people when they behave improperly, you dishonor them and the relationship. When you repress your anger, you degrade your own sense of boundaries and honor certainly, but you also disrespect your opponent and ignore the uncomfortable truth of the situation. This has a devastating effect because when you refuse to address your genuine emotions, you invite discord and deception into each one of your relationships and into every area of your life. Now, Carla McLaren is talking more about conflicts and arguments. This applies to people-pleasing as well. When you continue to people-please in a way that dishonors your boundaries and your personal needs, the other person could be totally oblivious, and it still damages the relationship. When you communicate the truth of your boundaries and your own needs, you give the other person an opportunity to honor you as you also honor yourself. It also invites them to speak about their needs so you can honor their boundaries and what they need from you. This will make your relationships infinitely better. When you share from an honest space of caring about the people in your life and wanting to do right by them and also wanting to do right by yourself, you're setting an example of what an integrated people pleaser looks like, which gives them a powerful example to heal their own struggles with people pleasing. Then when you do show up for your loved ones, it's from a place of being fully resourced, having your own cup full, and showing up for them out of love and desire versus fear and obligation. And as we wrap up here, I want to share two examples of how this helped make my most important relationship much better. The first example comes from when I first started dating Chris and it was such a magical time where we did not want to be out of each other's sight for months and months and months on end. 
and we were hanging out almost every night and I was still having to get up at like three, four in the morning for work, but I would be staying up later than probably good for me hanging out with him. And then I was so wound up from getting to spend all that time with him that I couldn't sleep. And then my energy started to kind of plummet. It was weird because my physical energy was low, but I was like so over the moon Twitter pated that I was kind of like mentally energized. So I was just, I I was, I, people probably thought I was high all the time or something. <laughs> but anyways, it started to wear on me for a while. So at one point I just shared with him, I'm so excited about this relationship and I just want to spend all the time with you. And also I'm not getting enough sleep and it's impacting my workouts. It's impacting my cravings. It's impacting all these different things. So can we see, stay up later, maybe on weekends, and then maybe only see each other X number of times during the week? And he shared with me how grateful he was that I shared that with him because he knew it wasn't easy for me. It kind of went against wanting to people please. So he was so grateful that I shared that. And then we were able to make some adjustments. I started sleeping better again and everything was great. And then more recently, after moving in with Chris and being around all the delicious food he was eating, I just started eating a lot of the delicious food too, all the time. Uh, bigger portions than I needed as well, all the things. So for a while there, I just kept doing it or kept having takeout when he was taking it because I didn't want him to think, A, I was ungrateful about the delicious food he prepared, or B, I was being stuck up bitch and not wanting to eat the takeout food when he was eating it. So finally, I communicated how I was feeling, what my own psychic thinking was. I shared with him, I'm worried that you're going to think I'm not appreciative, 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 of you cooking this food. I'm worried you're going to think I'm stuck up if I start, you know, making my own stuff more often. And I also shared how the way I had been eating was affecting my mental health and my productivity. And from there, he told me he didn't think I was snobby at all for eating what I wanted to eat. And he was totally cool with that and supported me. And from there, it became easier to go back to meal planning and eating in a way that really optimized my energy and just created what I was looking for for my health. So the deeper conversations you can have with your loved ones are going to make your relationships better and it will be easier to achieve your health and fitness goals. Your Thrive Challenge this week is to pick a few of these practices and start to heal the tendency to people-please. And just implement these practices into your week. Maybe there's a conversation you want to have with a partner or close friend. Maybe you want to get out your journal and do some of the shadow work around your judgments of others who put your health goals first. Or maybe just for one week, you commit to eliminating psychic thinking and you're not going to imagine the terrible things people are thinking about you. You get to have a life where you honor your own needs. And lovingly, joyfully, also support the people you love most. This is your reminder that you get to have both. Until next time, happy slaying and thriving. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the show. If you want to connect with a community of other amazing women who are conquering their goals, taking massive action, and loving themselves 
through the process, I invite you to join my Facebook community, Slay and Thrive 365. You'll get weekly challenges, motivation, support, and accountability as you move towards your goals. Hope to see you there very soon.